Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spill the MT, the podcast where we spill the MT on some of the best, the worst, and the middle ground musicals in the world uh, with myself, musical theatre aficionado Jack Farrell, and my beautiful, um, well, hairy and beautiful uh, co-host who knows uh, very little about musical theatre, Joey Kern. Yeah, I'm getting there, though. I'm getting better. You're getting more beautiful, but you're not getting hairier. Wait, what? I'm not talking about my love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just like, yeah, I am getting prettier. <laughs> you were right about that. Um, but no, I'm getting prettier, hairier, and better at musicals. This week I made a musical um, link in our podcast group chat where we organise all these fun things between two musicals. One of them wasn't even part of this podcast. Wait, what was I the link was actually? Say, what was the link? I actually cannot remember this now off the top of my head. Beginning yeah. of Gimme 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 from ABBA mm-hmm. in Mamma Mia mm-hmm. sounds exactly like a f- speeded up version of Heather's Dead Girl Walking. Because Dead Girl Walking is also my still my number one on repeat on Spotify because I cannot stop listening to that song. Maybe we'll need to like go back and do like a Heather's Revisited or something like that. I don't know. I wouldn't know any more about the music <laughs> at all. We'll just go back in and appreciate it a little bit more. So yeah, so this week we are... We're, we're, we're shaking it up because I feel like last week was like a big milestone episode. So now I feel like, you know, maybe time to do like something a little bit different. So this week... And I'll kind of come to the thought process that I had kind of like when I suggested in the group chat. But we are doing, reviewing a movie musical rather than a soundtrack. And we are doing the 2020 uh, musical adaption, musical film adaption of The Prom, uh, which was a musical that was on Broadway back in 2018, 2019. And yeah, has a very star-studded cast and it's about lesbians. Yeah, I didn't know it was on... I didn't... Surprise, surprise, Joey didn't know something. <laughs> I didn't know it was actually a Broadway musical. Yeah, no, I remember myself and Rua when we were on a J1. Hi, Rua, shout out. Um, we were planning... We were planning on going to see it, but it was the day before the 4th of July and all the schedules were, like, messed up. And I remember I, I was in midtown like really really early because it was my day off for like 11 days of working straight yeah and i kind of sold rua down the river and went to go see my fair lady instead because i could only go see the matinee um so i almost went to go see it i know a few people who did go and see it and it was meant to be incredibly like heartwarming and emotional and everyone cries at the end it's good it's good um the, yeah it's good i enjoyed it spoiler mm-hmm. spoilers i enjoyed the movie um, I feel like we should also say as well, spoiler alert. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to be talking about the plot, so. Yeah, yeah, literally, I'm not leaving any stone unturned here. It's it's <laughs> rare I know things about musicals, so I'm going in. Oh, mm-hmm. also, mugs. <gasps> yes. What mug did you bring, Jack? So, um, I brought this mug, which was hashtag gifted to me by my friend Sarah, Sarah McAleer, as a graduation present. And look at that. Look at that. Look at the gold. Why did she buy you that for your graduation present? Like, it's a nice um, mug, but was there a significance? Well, I mean, she got me this. She got me um, some new slippers, which are now worn down to bits. Um, and she got me a bunch of chocolates as well. So, I mean, like, it, it was it was part of a parcel, you know. And also some White Claw. I think it was actually from her and Dave, because they both came up from Kerry on the same day. So, um, so, actually, maybe I should say it's from Dave as well. I don't know. Moderator and chair of the lovely TMT Society just text there. Uh, she pops up every now and again if she tell if we're being a bit naughty or we forget to do something. And she said lovely angles of the mug, and I thought she was like lovely angels. And I was like, thank you. I was like, 
I don't know why, but I was like, oh, thanks. You're fully the kid in primary school who wrote, like, this is a right angel. This is an obtuse angel. Yeah. Um, my mug is, I hope I didn't bring this mug before, but it is a mug that says, Miss Always Right, <laughs> and just has a figure of lips, like clipper lips on it for some reason. I, I have ask, to say, is that staying permanent or is it like... Because I was making my iced coffee with the mug. Oh, okay. Um, I'm drinking okay, iced coffee, yeah. everybody at home. But yeah, so this musical... Spoiler alert, trigger, not trigger warning, spoiler alert, trigger warning, gay people. We will be talking uh, about gay people. And gay people at their, their gayest. I don't know what Jack's going to say. I don't know what he's going to I can't speak for Jack. I personally support the gay agenda. I don't know about Jack. <laughs> Very much Joey saying, I don't know what Jack thinks. Takes a big straw, takes a big sip of iced coffee. Like, listen now, I'm not going to comment. That's not what I came on here today to say. <laughs> um, listen, I have, like, conflicting thoughts on the gays and the representation of gay people in this movie. Oh. And we will get into that. I'm not going to name names, but their name is James Corden. <laughs> um, I have much to mm, say. Casting choices. Choices. Choices were made. Yeah, choices were made. So, yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, um, the premise of the, the movie musical, the music, musical, <laughs> musical, these two Broadway, well, these two stars were in this new Broadway show about Eleanor Roosevelt. Shout out to my Eleanor Roosevelt first lady girls podcast vibes. Um, mm, original girl boss. Yeah. Myself and Jack Farrell. Uh, I have a module this semester where we have to keep a blog on a strategic leader. Honestly, finally, our computer science in Trinity. <laughs> But um, we did ours in Eleanor Roosevelt, and I asked Jack to be part of a podcast for that module on Eleanor Roosevelt. So this is like a nice crossover. It is, yeah. Like I remember, like when I when I remember that the the first musical was or the musical that is at the start of the show that they're kind of like starring in, which spoiler flops. That it was about Eleanor, and it's kind of like a take on Hamilton, I think, in the sense where it's like yeah, a big like you know Eleanor exclamation mark or something like that. Um, so yeah, I kind of like thought like what a lovely, what a lovely, lovely crossover. But the yeah. so yeah, so basically these two Broadway stars start a musical about Eleanor Roosevelt, and it flops big time, and they have bad publicity, and they're trying to like kind of spin the narrative in a positive direction and kind of take their names away from the disaster of the musical because it was a flop. Think like the Starlight Express, the moonshine, the one on roller skates Mm. uh, energy. And then they go and they see on Twitter this school in Ohio aren't allowing a lesbian girl to go to prom. uh, With her girlfriend. Is that it? Yeah, okay. she's allowed to go to prom, but they have to bring a heterosexual partner. Mm-hmm. Or they have to be in a heterosexual an couple. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So then they basically go, and then it's the story of how they try to get this prom thrown for this girl who isn't allowed to go with her girlfriend, and basically how they interact with the small town people coming from Broadway superstars. And the music, there's lots and lots of songs in it. There's like song after song after song after song. One of them, the one where she's swimming in the pool, reminded me a lot of Beautiful but from the Heathers. Uh, is it beautiful? I think it's beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, yeah, so Jack, you can take over. Yeah, and I think, like, it's it's kind of, um, it's one of those stories where it's like, they go to the small town to kind of get good publicity and to kind of be there to be like, we'll go and save the gays in, like, midtown, or midtown, midwestern America or something like that. But then, like, it turns out that, like, they all become friends in the end and that, like, you know, their morals are in the right place by the end of the show and everything like that. Um... 
And yeah, I just thought, like, I think, again, like, every musical number is, like, high energy, gay fantasy, and, like, some of, like, just some of the choices, I think, were, like, absolutely hilarious. I loved their representation of Broadway. It's, like, this one street, and people are just dancing down it, and it's, like, it's so bright and colourful and happy and, oh, like, it was so... So iconic. Colour schemes, I have to say, I loved. It wasn't just the colour, it was everything with glitter. Or do you see mm-hmm. Trisha Paytas' new Versace 55 grand table? I saw! I saw with the, with the different colour chairs as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, mm-hmm. that, it, that, it, that, that film took, like that table took inspiration from that film, no doubt. Because mm-hmm. it's an exact parallel. Also, can we say, I, did you, I don't know if you saw the similarities, but it was directed and produced by Ryan Murphy, who directed and produced Glee. You could see it. I feel, I feel like, yeah. though, I feel like though that this movie was an amalgamation of different parts. Of, like I'd, you've, you've seen the story, you've heard the songs, you've seen the musical, you've read the book. Like it was an amalgamation of all the best parts of different kind of subgenres of stuff. Like nothing was new. That doesn't necessarily mean it was bad though, because I actually enjoyed it. It felt mm. like it was a new story, but you were like, I've seen all of this before. One thing that I have to say that I really liked about it, that was kind of like, again, like kind of same story, but like a bit of a twist on it, is that like, there was a lesbian couple at the centre of it. And I feel like you don't see that a lot in either like media, but also just like a musical theatre. I remember like listening to something recently about this uh, composer on Broadway who um, is a lesbian and kind of talking about her love for musical theatre, but how the lesbians are like, they're like the butt of every joke almost in a musical like she'd be enjoying a show and then someone would make a joke You're, like she's like i loved musical theater but i just felt like i was the butt of every joke i think it's so important because like if this was like a gay male couple oh my god like they'd just be the most fucking annoying yeah pair in the world i'm sorry yeah it was interesting to see the way that the different gay people in the movie were portrayed because i feel like there was there was no there was no reason for the main character to be let emma to be a lesbian other than the fact that she was a lesbian which i liked like it wasn't like it was her entire personality and apart from wearing the suit at the end there was no real like lesbian stereotypical trope in it It, yeah yeah, yeah. it was actually like she wasn't riding up to prom on a motorcycle yeah like it was it was actually quite good (laughs) But then you look at the other side of it and the... Will we just get into this? Will we just get into James Corden just to get this out of the way? Yeah, I think that James Corden playing the gay character who had an overarching storyline of self-acceptance was genuinely offensive. And I don't, ge- I generally don't mind straight people playing gay characters. Like Darren Chris does his job well, it's fine. Timothy Chalamet doesn't matter, it doesn't bother me. But when it's like, it's supposed to be an authentically gay performance about being gay and a coming of age for a 32 year old man coming to terms with his relationship with his family, who's crying over being accepted, was so difficult to stomach yeah and especially like just every because i know that the actor who played it in the original broadway production and like as well like it wasn't far removed from what i have seen at the original broadway production in terms of the portrayal but like he was an authentic gay man and i think he was very much like i don't mind a gay person playing to like a specific stereotype of homosexuality because at the same time i'm like work you're a gay person you're open in this industry something he couldn't do like 20 or 30 years ago or something i'd say but it was just like why james corden why james corden why james corden (laughs) oh my god like 
Yeah. You know who I would you know who I wouldn't get offended if they played this part who is a straight man? And I actually I think I'd find it funny. Jack Black. Jack Black. Yeah, I kinda think there's I think as well there's an element of it that you like Jack Black you kinda know to be someone who's accepting and open and like honest and doesn't matter like it, it like doesn't really bother him if people are gay or not. Mm-hmm. James Gordon's never once expressed any support for the LGBTQ community that I've seen. I, we haven't gotten the invite to come on his chat show yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting, James. Yeah. We're never getting it after this. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I found it really, really difficult to stomach. Like it was, it was hard to watch. And then especially with the like, the, like the hair flick, limp wrist, frolicking around. Like it's like, Mm. they're this, look at me go, look, I'm improving. Everybody's talking about Jamie. Completely stereotyped gay character. And that, and that is actually why, what makes it so special because it's portrayed by a gay person mm-hmm. who's in the, the, like, it's a real story and it would have been nice to see a gay man like, when he started crying about his parents not accepting him, it's like, where are you getting this emotion from? Literally, like, that's the thing though it's just kind of like, there's like, there's trauma there that it's just kind of like you know, we're not that far away from it in history and actually we're still kind of experiencing it so like, it's still in the present that it's just kind of like you're trivial, trivialising it in, and you're you're kind of making a mockery of it, I think, in doing so. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that that was it as well. I think it was just, it was, it was like complete made a mockery of. And it was like, mm-hmm. even when you look at like Modern Family, like Cam, he's played by a straight actor. There's something there that wasn't, it's not inherently offensive. It's funny. It's mm-hmm. it genuinely felt borderline offensive. Like with, like. with Cam and Modern Family, it's funny because the character is genuinely funny. Whereas in this, it felt like it was funny because he was doing a gay impression. Yeah. You know, which isn't funny. Which, like, I mean, think about the fucking target market of this movie. Like, it's not four lads going to sit down and open, like, a, a beer and, like, let's watch the problem. Because I don't think, I actually don't think it was meant to be done as the gay trope being funny. But that was how it was executed. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I don't think that that was the intention at all. But it was very much the reality. And it really took away from the film. Like, I was even watching yeah. it and I was like, I would enjoy this so much more if he just wasn't in it. <laughs> Honestly, because, like, I mean, the flip side of it, I, like... I don't know if the girl who played Emma's the lead character's name, isn't it? I don't know if she's, like, genuinely a lesbian in real life. I know that her the actress who plays her girlfriend, Alessia, is identifies as queer. Um, who, by the way, was meant to be played by Ariana Grande. No way. But had to drop out because of uh, commitment issues with the Sweetener tour. Okay. Yeah. She... A bit weird. Yeah. Also, like, side note, can we just... Her girlfriend... I love, like, in like high school movies when they cast someone who's, like, obviously 28 years old to play a 17-year-old. You know that meme of that person from Greece that goes around Twitter every now and then? 45-year-old guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Literally. But, my, like, the flip side of it is that I don't know if you're one who plays Emma is like a lesbian in real life but like she played it in a really authentic way that was like yeah it was authentic it wasn't it was it was it was functional to the Mm storyline the also by the way the storyline is which we got sidetracked very much because there's a lot to say in the context of the movie there is a there's a lot and i know i like you'll watch if you ever do watch it guys at at home if you ever do watch it you will understand exactly what we mean (laughs) yeah i feel like i feel like a pretense to this is that people should maybe watch the movie and then listen to this afterwards and we both recommend watching the movie, I think, as well. I think we'd both stand up and say that. Really enjoyed the movie. And some of the songs were so, so good. One of the first songs. So basically what happens is they, the Broadway superstars enlist the help of two other Broadway stars. Well, lesser stars, just kind of Broadway people that they know. And they go to Ohio to try and alert the press and kind of get press coverage on this prom and basically open the prom to be equal and an equitable prom for everybody. But on when they come, they interrupt the parent 
teacher associations meeting that is voting down the prom and Meryl Streep comes in and sings a song called It's Not About Me that is just so about her. It is iconic. The staging, the blocking, the everything about it, the lyrics, so funny. It's so... I... I loved I, it was like big narcissist energy and I was like wow this is us yeah. on this podcast it's not about us it's about the musicals yeah it's about the musicals we're doing this for TMT we're doing this for TMT no 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 it's not about us the M and TMT stands for me honestly <laughs> <laughs> musical theatre mm, me theatre yeah yeah also can we like also just like touching on that so star-studded yeah. this cast Meryl's- how much did they cost like that's what I want to know yeah Honestly, Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Ke- Kerry Washington. Kerry Washington. Um, that's kind of it. <laughs> oh, Andrew Rannells, who was in Book of Mormon, who like, I think it's like, he's he's on his way up. I feel like he has a big break coming. Was he the, he's the guy who played the guy who went to Juilliard, yeah? Yes, yes, yes. My favourite line from him was when he said that someone, Sondheim, liked his rendition of um, of Sweeney Todd. So that so basically, sorry again, they were going to write a musical about the prom or something. And mm-hmm. Andrew, the guy who's played by Andrew, said that uh, Sondheim liked his rendition of Sweeney Todd. And then when they get to the town, they're like, oh, did Sondheim write the music? And he goes, oh, actually, I misheard. And he doesn't like my rendition of Sweeney Todd. It's actually the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> me energy me being like yeah no they really enjoyed they really enjoyed listening to me and then they go and they're like we literally never never come near me again it was the exact opposite and we we have the restraining order and it's in the post and we'll be here monday yeah 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 um then, then what happens? So that's after they've gone to the Parent Teacher Association. They basically make their stamp on the town, and they're like, "We are here," and we're yeah, like make um, this prom. And then they go to the hotel where they realize that Andrew has actually messed everything up because they don't have music. And then what happens? Then it's we like meet Emma, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, I think like they meet Emma because like didn't she like. Didn't she, like, post the song online or something like that? Or is that, like, am I, like, thinking, like, way later in the movie? You're thinking of the bit where they do a music number in the school and it's Promposal Day. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because, like, it's a bit into the movie until, like, we, like, properly meet Emma as well. And she's, like, skipping down the halls and stuff like that. Also, like, when I was watching that, I was, like, I'm sure, like, she's a nice gal. But, like, at the same time, like, do they purely hate her because she's a lesbian? Or is it, like... Yeah. But, like, at the same time, I'm, like... If you're skipping down the halls like Hermione Granger, babe, like, you have something else coming. Like, come on, come yeah. on now. They, like, uh, yeah, it's very, it's very much that just everyone in the town hates gay people. Um, and that's, yeah. that's it. Like, it's literally, like, they say it. They're like, I used to be friends with her until she turned gay. So I think it is very much just the fact that she's gay. And then her girlfriend's yeah. a popular cheerleader. We love the bully trope. We love mm. the bully trope. That every gay person is attracted to their bully. We love to see it. Even though, no, she wasn't her bully, but she was a popular girl who was friends with her bullies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like there's a like I like I find it just the dynamic I don't know like because uh, at the same time mm, like conflicting emotions about it because doesn't she kind of like that's like the whole plot point then is that girl her girlfriend is the daughter of the one who's the head of the PTA who's like not allowing yeah um gay people go to the prom gays and lesbians we don't know yeah, that yeah, yeah. yet but then we find out mm-hmm. soon and like I just I I find it like I don't know, because at the same time, like, it's just kind of like, you're like 17 years old, like, guys, like, calm the fuck down. And she's like, you need to come out to your mom, and then you can take me to prom. And I'm like, hon. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, okay, calm the ham a bit. Like, Yeah, I think it was that they, I think that it was like, she was, she said she was going to. 
So it was like the anticipation, and she, the main character Emma, had already come out to her family, and the family kicked her out of the house. That's important. Yeah, that uh, they were kicked out of the house, and so she lived with her grandma, who was very accepting. Mm-hmm. But after that, then we find out that the PTA mother is the mother of Emma's girlfriend. And we're like, mm-hmm. okay, there's drama. A bit of spice, yeah, yeah. Meryl Streep has this weird relationship with the principal that I didn't like. And I don't really want to talk about it because it. <laughs> blah, I really didn't enjoy it. I just. I thought it was cute. I was like, oh. It was good. I just really don't think it deserves mention that much. It was so just there to fill time and to put the song. Oh, fully. It was it was fully there to like give him a song, and but also I think it's like something for her character to be like doing throughout the show because like. She can't just be there, like, singing blockbuster songs about, like, put on a prom. Eh. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like, I wasn't, like, in, like incredibly invested into their relationship, to be honest. They And also, I feel like there's a lot of people who were forgiven a lot too easily. I find this a lot in TV shows and movies. People are way too quick to forgive and forget. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, I think the prime example is, like, Hairspray, where, like, literally the people have to, like, fucking, bar- not barricade, but they have to, like, literally you know, get the battering ram, like, to get into the building and then, like, literally have to lock out the security to then, like, allow, like, integration on the TV show. And then, literally, the minute it happens, everyone's like, racism's fixed! Let's dance, girls! And it's like, it's not that easy. Michelle Pfeiffer should go to jail. <laughs> jail. With Britney Smoe. Yes. Sorry for everyone involved. But then, so then, they kind of have these weird rallies and they're trying to get everyone, like, to, like, love the gay people. But it doesn't really work. Uh, mm. It's a big flop because everyone's uh, homophobic and then they're like having this debate and they're like oh it's actually a civil rights issue so the courts get involved and the prom's happening basically Mm -hmm. the prom's happening because there's been a federal law that it's a civil rights issue not a school issue so the government supersedes the pta everyone's really excited james corden brings emma shopping She's looking lovely. Mm-hmm. And then they get to prom. And like everyone's at prom and there's a big montage of everyone at prom and it's really, really happy. Mm. And then Emma walks into prom and there's no one there. I was gagged, gooped, got. I was left forlorn. Were <laughs> you? Because there was no other cars in the parking lot. But like, no, like that's that's when I was kind of like, there's something fishy about this. I also just want to dissect this song because I feel like... First of all, I thought it was such a bop after the James Corden part. I I skipped. I was listening to it this morning and I skipped about three minutes in. Which song is this one? Which one's this? Where they're all getting ready for the prom and they're just kind of like, ugh. The dancing in this musical was amazing. Like, it was so good. And it, like, had hip-hop elements. I'm a hip-hop dancer, for people who don't know. Eh, that's so embarrassing to say out loud. (laughs) But, um, it, like, usually it's so badly done. Usually it's so, so badly done. It was genuinely so good. Like, I was watching it being like, this is so clever it slapped it, it honestly got slapped and i think as well one thing that i love as well just about musicals in general where there's like homophobic characters is just like seeing them honestly like burst into song and dance and just doing like yeah <laughs> the gayest thing ever in an act of homophobia <laughs> where they're like we've kicked the gays out of the prom now let's literally break it down in a choreographed dance routine yeah it's like who what classes were you going to the straight only dance classes like girl give it up like literally you don't have to be gay to be a dancer but you kind of have to be tolerant of the gays because you're going <laughs> you're going to be like you don't have to be gay to be a dancer but you have to be a dancer to be gay <laughs> yeah that, i'm a gatekeeper of the gay community <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just think it's so funny as well how, like, the straight characters are, like, how they shift the lyrics from Tonight Belongs to You to Tonight Belongs to Us. 
and I said this, I texted this um, to someone the other day and I was, I, I think it was when I was watching the movie, rewatching it and I was like, honest to God, everyone talking about main character syndrome, remember like that was the thing that people were like, it was like a meme like two months ago or something like that. Heterosexuals have the biggest straight character complex of all time. They literally think they are the default and like tonight belongs to us. It's like Becky and Kelly, which I assume are their names. Show me a night that didn't belong to you. I fucking dare you. Yeah. Honest to God. Yeah, what's so different about this one? Literally. What is so different about this night? Yeah, Ugh. I agree. But at the same time, I loved it. I loved it when she walked in and she was gagged, gooped, got, and she realised that no one was there at the prom. No one was there at the prom. Including her girlfriend. Yeah, including the... Yeah. This is... Yeah. Because there was a prom, technically. Because the PTA had to have a prom because it was court-ordered. But they also held a second prom in another location. And everyone... <laughs> Like, literally everyone in the school and all the parents conspired against Emma not to tell her. But earlier on, at some point that I missed, probably because I was, I don't know, texting, the two popular girls found out that Emma and their friend were together. So that's how she didn't know. It it took a bit of suspending your disbelief, but it was a good plot twist because you thought there was a prom and you're like, oh my God, there's an error left for this movie. Where's it going to go? And that's where it went. So everyone's at this prom and then the girlfriend won't leave. So then Emma's like, right, well, fuck you then. We're breaking up. As she should. I was like, dead fucking right. Like, I'm sorry. She's not, she's being, uh, she's just not being a good girlfriend. Let's put out that. And I was just like, it was that moment as well where I was like, this poor fucking girl, she's being kicked out by her parents. Literally, not even the school, the students, but the whole entire community around the school conspired. You kind of have to respect that to a certain extent to like be a person that just incites so much hatred that it's like everyone worked so hard to make sure I wouldn't enjoy it. Do you know what energy it has? The, the, the whole town conspiring against Emma has the same energy as the whole town of Hannah Montana's Nashville being like we won't tell miley we won't tell like girl i'm selling that to the shade room tmz the mirror the daily stir and anyone else who listened to my side of the story because i'm getting that coin sis oh but also i mean like just hannah montana in general like yeah hannah montana in general (laughs) yeah that's that's a moment in time (laughs) yeah um so then we go into act two, which, by the way, one thing I just need to say, Nicole Kidman, for what she is worth as an actress, was honestly in this movie for about 15 minutes and she wasn't talking for about 14 of them. Yeah, she really had such a small part to play. Like, it was odd because mm-hmm. she was so good. In my opinion, she was she kind of outperformed Meryl Streep in it, in my opinion. But then again, she also had a very, like, a lot smaller of a role to play. So, you know, but yeah. she basically then so after the prom happens everyone's obviously up in arms and they're furious as they should be mm-hmm. and by everyone i mean emma and the four broadway <laughs> yes and then <laughs> nicole kidman's character convinces emma basically to take a stand against it and publicly stand up for what's happened and share her side of the story mm-hmm. but also does it through like <laughs> one of the most iconic numbers i think in the movie which is called zaz which is essentially just like, yeah, give them some zazz. Genuinely, like, <laughs> it's like, right, I know he didn't write it, but it's like Ryan Murphy wrote, like, all that jazz. Yeah, but that, like, it was fully based on, fully. It was all, like, fussy and everything like that. And I was like, oh, Nicole work. Kidman comes in at the very beginning. She does the fussy walk. 
Sorry, you couldn't actually see my arms. I'm like, yeah, she went like this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, so then they convince her to... What did they convince her to? Oh, yeah, go on thing with Zaz. Oh, that Zaz. What is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what happens? So then... There's like, yeah, there's like the TV show essentially where it's just like, there's that whole thing between like Meryl Streep and her ex-husband and like she needs to call in a favour and there's like the house in the Hamptons or something like that. Yeah, you see this again, Meryl Streep's storyline, very weak and like kind of used as like any plot hole. They just filled it with Meryl Streep. Yeah, she's like a resin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like the shit that you insulate walls with. You just spray it on and it expands and it just fills Literally, the gap. Like, gen- genuinely, that's what it was. So mm-hmm. Meryl Streep's ex-husband was a famous talk show host. She'd have to give him the house in the Hamptons because it was her ex-husband and they had a messy divorce from what I could hear or see. Uh, and then she does ring him up because she's having trouble in paradise with the principal who I still refuse to mention. Then Emma's just like, actually, no, sorry, I'm not going to do that. And then she goes ballistic and is like, I gave away my house, which as in fairness, like, she should. She should go. I'd go ballistic too. She had she had points to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so then yeah after it's kind of wrapping up here. I actually feel like I've missed something in the middle of it. I can't remember what it was. The whole when the whole town stops being homophobic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Andrew Reynolds in the mall, and he's like, and it's like, well, if you're gonna say you follow the Bible, like you're shouldn't you be following all these things too? Like, I mean, like what the heck? And then again, it's like, oh, gee, guys. We were wrong all along, and it's like, what? In fairness, it does take some persuading from him. Like, they, it, it's not like, what? <laughs> that was a very funny song, though. There was a very, it was, it was quite funny that uh, that song when it's like, oh, your mother's got divorced. Can she go to hell tomorrow, or is she busy? <laughs> the uh, that was a really good. Like the songs really were very good, and there was a lot of them that like. I didn't really understand the context. I didn't think they did much for the storyline. I think there's a lot of like filler songs, but they were good. I really, I liked the soundtrack. There were one or two like key standouts. My favourite though was definitely the It's Not About Me, but the Bible one was probably the funniest. Yeah, I thought the most useless song was the song that I can't even pinpoint where she did it in the movie, but where Meryl Streep sings the song to the principal in The Office. Yeah, it's like an apology that's not an apology. It had like big, I'm sorry you felt this way energy. Yeah. The relationship between the principal and Meryl Streep is one that I refuse to buy into. I don't want it to be there. Also, I do have to say, I I watched this in two parts. I started it last night, but I was finishing my thesis stuff, so I only got halfway through when I fell asleep. So I finished the other half just, like, just before this podcast, and I couldn't sit through the James Corden songs. He has, like, three after this in the second half of the movie, and I actually skipped them, so I have no idea what they were. Because, like, the second half of the movie is all about him, like... He's from the area or something, isn't it? Basically, his mum, like, basically shows up. And they have, like, a reunion. You ruined it for me in the first act. But, like, you're just telling such, like, an intimate, like, story. And I'm just like, oh, no, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing this. The... I also, just for context, um, James Gordon is not... I, when I said he got kicked out as well, he's not playing a 16-year-old. He's 32 in the movie, but was kicked out when he was 16. Also... Playing 32, I think that's an insult to 32-year-olds around the world as well. Can I just say? <laughs> we do not want to be on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> we are burning every bridge known to man. Um, so then I think it happens. I think it happens after Emma says, no, I don't want to go on the TV show. And Meryl Streep goes mad and being like, I gave my ex out to my house. That then she makes a viral video being like, 
you know that TikTok that's like what's the what's the one trope you hate in media that once you see you can't not see or whatever? Yeah, yeah. The ease with which the main character goes viral. It's not yeah. that easy, sis. It's not that easy. Also, like, speaking of TikTok means it's also, like, what's something that's gay? What's something that's homophobic, but is also gay at the same time? It's like, hmm, interesting. Wow, you're singing a song about how sad it is to be gay, and you're going viral. Really interesting. Cool. Love that for you. Yeah. And then, and then all, all of a sudden, everyone's gay. It's like St. Bridget's blanket just never stops. It just expands and covers everything, and everyone's queer. Bridget's blanket. What a great analogy. She is a gay icon. She herself might not have been gay. I can't speak for her, but gay icon. She, she was queer. Yeah. You know when you were making those St. Bridget crosses, you felt the closest you've ever felt to religion. They might have wanted to condemn yeah. death, but St. Bridget really stepped up for the gays. She does it for the girls. She gays, that's it. And the non-binary mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, our non-binary folk in the audience represent. <laughs> one person's one. <laughs> <laughs> All one of you listening, our one audience member, full stop. Um, I was going to say, yeah, then again, I can't really piece this together. I watched this like two days ago and I'm exhausted. (laughs) But um, there was like that scene then where the girlfriend and her like meet up. And again, like there's this like, there's like this pink and teal neon lighting that just follows the movie throughout. But I feel like whenever they're singing a song, it just turns into this like seedy 1980s gay club. Yeah, it felt like... It felt like TMT Chicago dream sequence blue lighting. Yes. But they're like outside yeah. in Indiana at 12 o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> he was enjoying a box of um, what were they? Poppers. <laughs> a full 24 box of poppers. Yes. <laughs> poppers? No. A box of Quality Street. And he, <laughs> and he just pulled the film in front of the lens and said, let's just try this. This is interesting. <laughs> Honestly, God, like, yeah, holding up to the sunlight and being like, hold on a second, we could do something. Opinion on people who eat Quality Street. Uh, <laughs> Someone lied to her several times. <laughs> told her that she was fly. Beautiful and sexy. She is nothing like that. She is nothing of the sort. But I think people who eat Quality Street should deserve jail time. Or at least some registry. Honestly, like, the people who eat Quality Street, um, the girlfriend and her mom, just because, uh, like homophobic but then as well just like lying to your partner as well and James Corden and Michelle Pfeiffer all deserve jail Michelle time. Pfeiffer. Poor Michelle Pfeiffer's not even in the movie. She she knows her crimes. She knows what she's done. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer if you're listening and I know you are, you know what you've done. So yeah, yeah you were saying, sorry I interrupted you. She meets the girlfriend, but well, the ex-girlfriend. Yeah and I think is the like I can't remember is the ex-girlfriend like take me back and she's just like well will you change like I can't really remember but I remember at the end just being like yeah no you're dead right to leave that relationship like, yes yeah so they have dinner um sorry I'm hijacking from you but I watched it 45 minutes ago so it's fresh <laughs> they have dinner and then she's like why didn't you knew about the prom why didn't you tell me and then she they're like no I didn't know about the prom nah, nah, nah. and then she's like well okay but like unless you're honest and like want to be with me then I can't be with you and she's like but my mom is this way and that way and I think to be honest I think the Emma the main character doesn't pressure you she's not like you have to tell your mom but she's kind of like I won't be with someone in the closet which I get if you're older but when you're 17 like when you're 17 you kind of have to accept it that it's just kind of like also people don't necessarily know 100% who or what they are yet like they're literally 17 years old like yeah you're in secondary school like yeah but also you know it's not real life fair fair and they are 
they're actually paid by 30 year old women as well so you know but um then they go and they're trying to so the, uh, sorry the overarching uh mission of all of this is to get another prom for emma like a proper prom mm-hmm. and it just happens they give money they the broadway people give money and they throw a prom and then the the homophobic mother comes in and is like there is no way this is happening and that's when the ex-girlfriend comes out and tells emma she loves her and then emma says i love you back and then they finish and the prom but also one thing i noticed was that they're setting up the prom right and it looks grand looks like a normal prom and then when they do the final dance sequence and song it is genuinely like something that like it's it's like you'd see in a nightclub in san francisco like it's a proper like there's levels there's floors and you're like this was not the scene that i saw 20 seconds ago <laughs> literally and you're just kind of like oh cool i didn't realize that you had a spare hundred thousand dollars in your decorating budget for this gay gay prom like yes in such a homophobic state everyone's queuing up to give the gay teenagers a prom like everyone going to this prom was like and i don't mean to be homophobic and i don't think i can be just because me but like <laughs> everyone was like the gayest it's like yeah. they were like you need to come as your gayest yeah. self like uh, like am I, like i don't know i didn't want i didn't go to my dad's in like a pink sequined tuxedo with frills yeah I went in a blue sequence tuxedo with cuffs. Yes. Also, also, can we just say as well that doesn't the mom at the end just go like, mm, well, I love you, who you are, because you're my daughter and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, well, this is easy. Like, also, the whole way through, the mother is dressed in like vintage Chanel, cross-stitch, plaid, very conservative. And then she arrives to the prom. Genuinely, again, Trisha paid his table. But Trisha's paid his table meet Katy Perry at the Super Bowl riding in on the tiger to sing Roar. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she took it off and she had the, the rotating bra from California Girls. Not the mother in the Katy Perry. Oh, I was talking about Kerry Washington. Okay, but never mind. Then it ends and everyone's happy. I think the moral of this movie is I'm only I'm only homophobic when it suits me. <laughs> the moral of the story is don't cast James Gordon as a gay character. Ryan Murphy, we are available in seeking representation. Just letting you know, we are available to play any traumatized gay people in your movies. I, I'll play a straight bully. I think you'd pull it off. Yeah, me too. But then pff, the dance sequence would come in, and it would just oh, it would just wouldn't be believable. That's what I love. Is that I'm just kind of like, oh, I love these homophobic people who are just like such good dancers and are just kind of like we hate gays, but at the same time, it's like you're doing this kind of gay. One like. thing Glee did well was always separating the bullies from the Glee cast. Even like when the football people would be dancing, it felt like there was reason. In this, it was literally like dance, yeah. but we hate gay. And also like the Glee club, even like the dances that they were doing, they were like believable. Does that make sense? I could believe yeah. like people dancing like that, whereas it wasn't. Where all of a sudden now my neck is literally or my leg is literally behind my neck just in a kick the i do like again have to say though the dancing was so good whoever choreographed the the dances like so talented i think it was the guy who directed the original broadway production uh casey casey nicola he also directed mean girls as well yeah the, the also the the emma the lead character she was quite good at dancing she only danced in the end but like it's good yeah, and the girlfriend, Ariana DeBoz, look her up. She's playing Anita in the new West Side Story okay. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could get into not that. Me, not me about to say, oh, Anita Perone. <laughs> Anita Perone, the Santa Peronista from Evita. Yes. Um, if this movie was set in Ireland and called The Debs instead of The Prom, what are some of the key differences you think you would see if they shot it in the same way with people walking in, dew eyed, and just kind of like, oh, 
Amazing. Number one, there would be, everybody would be absolutely plastered and there would be a getting drunk sequence. There would be a getting drunk sequence. There would be a song at the dinner, obviously. And then the bus ride home at 5am is where all of the shit would go down. <laughs> yes. There would also be, I think, a musical montage of people strapping noggins to their thighs. Because this, it wouldn't be a Dublin Debs, which are very different to country Debs. Mm, I think I might, I think I might have to actually um, argue you on that. But anyway, go. go I'm going to say there would be a country dev because the film, the school was from Ohio. That's fair. You know, yeah. I was going to argue that like, because a lot of Dublin devs, well, private school devs happen in Dublin. But of course, we have to go to um, Drahiland on Dock because public schools. Yes. I think that that would work either. I think the thing that wouldn't work would be the private school thing of going to a club. Like it just wouldn't yeah. have the same effect. Like. Going to the hotel, getting your meal, getting pissed at that nightclub that's linked to the hotel is a rite of passage. Not having any mixer left and just mixing the vodka with water and pretending like it's okay. <laughs> when I went to the Debs, I was the head of my Debs committee and I organised the Debs. Uh, so I was in, in, like in charge of the event, like the, you know, the normal sugar. Sh- I can swear, the normal shit. I forgot for a second. Like the normal sugar. <laughs> Then I was organising the bus people. So I went up to the head bus man. I was like, oh, hey, I'm Joey. What a nice to meet you. Like, I'm a bit hammered, but it's my dad. So he doesn't care. And I'm like, what's up? Like, whatever. I went with my, like, had my date here. And then I had six naggins on me. One of my own, one of my dates. And then I had other people's for some reason. And then he was literally like, I hope there's there's no drinking on this bus or whatever. I hope no one will have a drink because I will throw it out if I find it. But like, like I'm not going to get mad if they are trying to bring it on. Just there's no drinking on the bus. So I was like, absolutely no bother. What for me like clinking. <laughs> Sounded like a bottle bin like going onto the bus. He pat me down at all because I had organised it. So he just went on. So I have my six naggins all over me. Everyone else gets them all taken off them except the six I brought in. And then two people forgot to take them off me. So halfway through the dinner... I was like, oh, I'd love a drink. And I was like, wait, what? And then I still have one in my thigh. <laughs> Class. So I go with my date to the boys' bathroom and we go into the stall and we're like, right, we'll drink some of this here. And then I take one swig of it, not thinking of mixer because I'm 18. It's warm because it's in my leg. I project all the vomit everywhere. Everywhere. It just missed her dress. Thank God. But it just missed her dress. And then after seeing me do that, she goes, give me some. Does it? <laughs> Same thing happens. <laughs> do you think she would have done it if you hadn't projectile vomited? Do you think her seeing you projectile vomit caused the um? Because if she, she was fine until she took the swig, it was like I vomited. She goes, "Give me that." It was like it wasn't like she was disgusted by the vomit. She was like, "Give me the nugget, you dickhead." Gas. I remember. I remember. Um, we all managed to smuggle the drink on our bus, and then I had like a flask that like I had down my crotch and got patted down, but didn't get caught for that. And then I remember when we were leaving. Some people were like, oh, just leave, leave the drink that I have left on the bus. Someone left half a shoulder on and I was just like, oh, that's going down my pants again. Yeah, no, fantastic. And just like brought it in. Didn't have any mixer though, because they were like, they weren't allowing us just to buy soft drinks. I remember at the bar, you could buy like any alcoholic drink, but you couldn't buy soft drink. So we ended up, uh, myself, my friend Andrew, um, mixing it with water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such a secondary school thing that you Literally. don't realise is so rotten. In what world? Did we think we'd need these drinks? Like I like people were putting it in their soup. They like were so drunk by six o'clock. <laughs> For mine, the what the same one. The same one with the vomiting. Like I said, I was the head Debs committee, so I had to present the awards and me and my two of my friends did it. And we hadn't picked any like 
we'd had like the nominations and the winners and stuff, but we hadn't picked who'd be nominated either side of the winner. So I go up and I was literally like standing up and I'm like, and now we have the award for, and I'm like, the nominees are, and I'm literally looking out and the winner is, and it would be someone I hadn't named. Like <laughs> the legitimacy jumped out. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. God. Did you, how, did, what were your devs experiences like? Do you go to many of them? I went to, I went to three. Um, I know that you've been to like a devs every year or something like that. You're, you're a fiend. You're actually a fiend. Because I've gone to eight devs since I went to eight devs, started in TY, never stopped till I was in second year, first year. Well, second time doing first year in college. Oh my God. Like, yeah, I went to, I went to three. I remember I went to one that I went to, I think like it was after the CAO. It was um, in Scaries, Loretta Wildbergen. Um, Skez Debs, because it was in Scaries. Like just the word Skez Debs. Skez Debs was the fucking, it was amazing. Because I didn't know anyone there apart from like my friend and her like group of friends that like we had just been messaging the entire year. I, it was bizarre. It was kind of random. So that was great because I was honestly just like there for the day, uh, like being chaotic and just like having no consequences. And then I went to another Debs which was fantastic, except my date got way too drunk and they wouldn't let her back in the venue at 2am. So, and it was in Drogheda and I called her parents and just being like, redacted name here, um, got kicked out and isn't allowed back in. And their parents were just like, okay, well you just just put her in a taxi. And I was like, I'll, like, I'll obviously go with her as well. Cause like, he thought, like I'm not putting this blackout drunk girl in a taxi to go an hour and a half down the road. 150 euro taxi to Dublin. Ooh. And words gets horrible. But amazing. Fantastic. Never been seen before. Spit on a puke on it. Put it in a blender. Set it on fire. Skez Debs. It tells you everything you need to know about it. You want to spit, puke, light on fire, Skez Debs, put it in a blender, and you think that's fabulous. That says a lot about you as a person. Now, I won't, I won't say any more. And listen, I'm pitching it as a musical to Ryan Murphy next week. The Skez Debs, the sequel to The Prom. When TMT eventually run out of um, musicals that we can get the rights for with a cast of 60 and we have to turn inward. Actually, though, sorry, that was a good question that you had. I liked the, if it was a Debs, what other musical numbers would you have? What What do you think? The Breakfast obviously has to be. Oh my God. But The Breakfast has to be like a slow reprise of a song from earlier in the show, I think. The Breakfast has to be a comedy number where it's like The Breakfast role you know that song yes 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 there has to be a song of everyone getting ready everyone getting on the bus the actual bus ride itself yeah what else the main girl has to have her makeup done in bt and get it like messed up come home have a fit and then go to inglot yeah there's a cancellation yeah 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 mm, there's an arc there obviously there has to be a rock the boat very like a rock boat yes there has to be like a slow number i think when everyone is like it's 4 a.m everyone is like deceased ready for the bosses but there's an hour left and you don't want to waste it but you're sitting down and you're just kind of like you know i feel like this is very irish that there's a two gay there's a gay there's a gay couple <gasps> boy or girl or whatever and then they go to the devs with a straight partner like they're doing the hetero couple and then the very end in the photo booth someone opens it up or takes their picture out and they see the picture of them kissing on you know the devs ireland photo thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> Or, or there's like, they didn't even, but like, are you insinuating that they knew each other before they were going to the depths? That they're, that they're in a couple, but they, they won't go together. I think, I think though at the same time, there's like another side to that where like, it's someone being like, oh my God, they're bringing their gay as well. And I'm bringing you and we're going to set you up because we'd be the only two gay people at the depths. 
that's the movie I want to see. That is, that's it. There you go. No time for fucking homophobic parents. Relatable content for everyone at home. Yeah, let's wrap it up. What were your thoughts on um on the prom? My thoughts on the prom were if this musical leads to James Corden being a guest on RuPaul Drag Race UK, I will sue. Niche, but fair. 9 out of 10 without James <laughs> Corden, 7 out of 10 with a minute. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'd, I'd give it, I'd give it a... A 7.5. I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the authenticity of the lead character. I disliked James Corden. And I thought the stunt casting at points was a bit too much. But yeah, I hope you liked it and enjoyed it. Yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone. Like, it's such a... It's fun. It's gay. Bye, guys. Bye. Lots of love. Hugs and kisses.